What defines success? You are everything. It's the integration and synthesis of everything around you, genetic and environmental. There's influence and moments that put together become your story. What happens when you get knocked down? You certainly can't be buried in other people's own bile. You gotta keep marching. What makes some people radiate? I was definitely a joyous kid. My mom once told me if she had accidentally locked me in the closet, I would have come out extolling the virtues of the dark. This is Radiate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Radiate, the show where we interview some of the world's most successful people to find out how they work their way to the top. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. We're shaking things up. If you've been listening to this show since we launched, you know that we like to talk to successful people about their struggles, their hardships, and how they got over them. Well, this week, we're featuring my friend Chris Birch. He's the co-founder of the Tory Birch brand, and he's now the CEO of Birch Creative Capital. He's going to join in to help drive the conversation with our guest, Ben Silverman, the Uber Hollywood producer. Both are great friends who've seen their share of struggles in the public eye. Silverman, if you don't already know, is the creator of such hit shows like The Biggest Loser, The Office, one of my favorites, Ugly Betty as well. He became head of NBC Entertainment before the age of 40, and his early success made him a hot, hot target for criticism, something Silverman talks about at length in the upcoming conversation. It is fascinating coffee talk among two people who've achieved so much in their own careers, Silverman in television and Birch in retail. I think you're going to really enjoy this. As we know, all of us in business and and entrepreneurs or whether we're in creative fields or whatever we do, we go through these periods where we've had some difficult times and we go through these great periods. But Ben, can you just tell us a little bit and the, and the listeners, tell me a little bit of where you grew up and where, where, where was... Uh, the interesting creative Ben Silverman born? Well, I, I was born in the Berkshires in Western Mass. And thank you, Chris. And thank you, Betty. It's a, a pleasure to be uh, talking to you both today and um, being part of your podcast and, and psyched to, to do it. But my um, parents were in the Berkshires in Western Mass because um, they worked in the theater and in music. And my dad was at Tanglewood and my mom was um, producing shows and actually was a singer initially. So kind of had it in, in the genes to entertain. And my stepmom, Martha, is a brilliant violinist and um, was always exposed to the arts, but more the avant-garde chamber music of my father or the avant-garde musical theater uh, that my mom produced or really serious chamber music that my stepmom performed. So it was always surrounding me, and they loved showbiz. Even though they were kind of connected to it slightly on the periphery, they, um, they loved it. And my mom ended up working in cable television back in the day. And was your, did you have brothers and sisters, or were you just an only child? Well, I, I grew up in Manhattan. Um, they were uh, in the Berkshires, as I mentioned, just doing summer, summer theater and summer music uh, spaces like Tanglewood. And grew up on the Upper West Side, have an older sister, Sarah, who's in Northern California and a total stud and artist who um, has a beautiful daughter, Kiki, but she's nine years older and was from my mother and my mother's first husband. Um, and so she was a half-sister, a nine-year-old or half-sister who went to boarding school at Choate and then to 
college at Sarah Lawrence. And then I have a younger sister from my father and um, his second wife, who he married after my mother, um, Martha's daughter, Rena, who's 15 years younger than me. So I have two, two half-sisters 25 years apart. And uh, so I'm kind of an only child, and I'm totally a, a, a boy with sisters. Where did all this creativity come from? Where did this kind of joy of humans, because as I see you, Ben, I see a guy that brings energy, brings passion, brings a sense of entertainment to every room. You could walk down the street of Madison Avenue. You could be in Tanglewood, and the world looks at you. Were you a were you someone that looked at everyone else and learned, or were you that kid that was doing kid-like things? Well, I was definitely um, a joyous kid. As my mom once told me, if she had accidentally locked me in the closet, I would have come out extolling the virtues of the dark. <laughs> so, she, you know, I definitely had I had a, a good-time vibe and a, and a real um, sweet, happy disposition. But I also loved... Um, Fred Astaire, and was obsessed with Fred Astaire movies as a two, three, four, five-year-old, um, straight through till I was probably nine or ten. And then I, I'll still occasionally put on a top hat and tuck in my tail. But I would dance in the aisles of the old Regency Theater on the Upper West Side on Broadway and around 75th, which of course closed down like all those great um, theaters, which had the revival films, the old, the old school film, not the revival films, but the old the old movies playing in them. And I would literally boogie my way up and down um, the, those aisles and studied tap dancing as a little kid and always um, loved to, it was like the lead in my sixth grade um, musical at uh, Road of Sholem Elementary School and in the fourth grade summer uh, camp version of The Hobbit. Um, you know, so things like that. I always, always wanted to to be in or around showbiz. It's so funny as we lo think about entrepreneurs and we think about success and creative, it's, those, it's actually those moments when we're children that actually helps to form us to be successful. Ben, so then you go, you go to high school, you live a, a pretty intellectual life, I guess, in, in New York City and Manhattan, and, and you're off to college. Where, 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 did you, uh, where did you Fred Astaire your way? I was kind of a disaster in high school. I had zits and braces and was the same height I am now, which is around 6'2", but weighed 130 pounds or something. So it wasn't a great look. And so I didn't, I didn't love, love my full high school experience. And then the moment I arrived in college, I had the best picture in the Facebook as a freshman. And I had just somehow rigged some killer fake long lens photo of myself. And I blossomed. It was like the, the butterfly came to life. And I, I went to Tufts. And I just loved it and had more fun than ever. And when you grow up in Manhattan, you, you do have some nightlife experience and you can go out. But it's a little, if you're not in the scene, it's a little, can be intimidating. You are actually truly the ugly ducking, the geek, the kid that actually went to school every day and said, holy Christ, I just can't, I just don't make it here. And then all of a sudden, you, uh, you had that one picture that actually... Uh, kind of made you the super cool dude in school exactly exactly pen, pen up anger class. pen up demand and then when you hit tough she just rocked and rolled it uh, complete complete but i also at tough i was i mean the very internationally oriented always which played into and has been a pivotal part of my career and tough has the best uh foreign 
school of diplomacy in the world in my mind, along with Kennedy and Georgetown, it has the Fletcher School. And so I took a ton of courses there and was it took me a little bit on the left turn because I studied abroad in Paris, which was just unbelievably soul enriching and explosively, uh, you know, transformative about my worldview. And I debated going into the foreign service and or working somehow in the international public service community and then returned to what I knew best and which was showbiz and just started having internships every summer. You know, if I look at Ben Silverman, if I talk to people about Ben Silverman, you know, not not the fact that you've been extraordinarily successful. And I know there's been periods where you just you felt like the world was going to collapse in on you and like all of us. But I I hear a a man um, and a person and listeners will understand like the ability to communicate, the ability to actually emotionalize words, thoughts, visions, people to work off of their energy. And then I hear you go, well, I went to Paris and I enjoyed it. So you became like a, you became a learner of international communication. Is that fair to say? And that international communication became kind of the core to your success? Or would you say that, it was your childhood. Well, I think you are everything. And, you know, it, it's the integration and synthesis of everything around you, genetic and environmental. And there's not one, you know, door. There's influence and moments that, um, you know, put together become your story. But a man's journey is, you know, filled with turns and um, different events and different people in different moments and different experiences that that add up like a um, stairs to the top of the building. You know, it just it just and you find yourself. What's great over time and as I become um, older is being able to string together those with more awareness or consciousness in the rearview mirror, so that you can kind of build your narrative. Is the narrative almost built like mo- moments of a mentor? Like if we if we look at I like I watch you and I listen to you and I I know you have very deep strong relationship women as friends and your loyalties there and men as friends who are your mentors are they women are they men you know we all have I, I believe you have like an interesting family background but who are these mentors that actually took you and actually sieve that brain of yours into something that shows extraordinary success where where were those moments and who were those mentors well i had a lot a, you know a lot of different people who pushed me and helped me um but as a kid i always thought my parents and i still do are the two smartest people i know so so that's good you know i call my dad google cuz i can ask him any question but i i look looked for people in business cuz my parents were artists they were um you know, surviving in Manhattan, um, but it was hard for them as as middle class artists. It was not, um, you know, I was not part of the financial world that was um, and is now even more so in Manhattan, but was at the time um, there also. Um, living on the Upper West Side used to make you were kind of a hippie, <laughs> you know. So that was where. So did where you always we want to be rich? I mean, was being rich important to you? Just, having the, so having I, nice was, things. It was so important to me. And so connecting it to cleanliness and connecting it to being able to have like a really hugely stocked fridge with everything and being able to go out for dinner and things like that were really um, things I wanted, but I had an impactful moment. My friend David 
Friedman, who's um, the writer David Benioff. He uh, has a different right name as a writer who created Game of Thrones. His father, Steve Friedman, was a um, brilliant uh, banker at Goldman Sachs, which he ended up running with uh, Ruben. And I went to his duplex in Midtown one day with David and saw Steve's closet. And it had three rows of basically the same suit and all of these folded press shirts, so hyper-organized. And I said, I really have to have that. And then my other friend, Herman Sandler, who was murdered in 9-11 in the World Trade Center and started Sandler O'Neill, um, I was really close with his daughters, Jillian and Pamela and Jordana, and would spend time with him. And he had an unbelievable zest and appetite for life, but he used his money to surround himself with his family and to make everyone in his world, um, you know, kind of happy to be around him. And I was like, wow, you can do that with money. I really want um, to be able to do that. So those were two guys who always gave me the best advice and taught me so much about financial, but I kind of, you know, was friends with their kids, but saw who their parents were and was fascinated by that. When we continue, Chris and I ask Ben about some of his darkest moments and what it's like to walk around with a target on your back. Radiate is brought to you by Zevia. Zevia is the zero-calorie, naturally sweetened soda that's clearly different. No sugar, no calories, and it's non-GMO project verified, which means it's a cleaner, healthier soda option. Zevia is available in 15 delicious flavors like cream soda, black cherry, cola, ginger ale, and they've even got plain tonic water. It's always zero calories. Did I mention for this upcoming New Year's Eve celebrations, they make excellent mixers. So go to zevia.com podcast because the company is giving away thousands of free six packs. You heard that right. Thousands have been won already. And who knows, you could come home to a surprise soda right on your doorstep. It's random, but it's also really, really cool. So head to zevia.com slash podcast to get your free sample. That's zevia.com slash podcast. Radiate is also brought to you by FreshBooks. If you're an entrepreneur or you have a business on the side, you need to know about FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a super simple invoicing solution that lets you create and send professional looking invoices in seconds. By creating something so intuitive, FreshBooks has transformed all those time-sucking duties that entrepreneurs hate. Now, on top of making your business run more smoothly, FreshBooks also makes things easier for your clients by giving them the ability to pay you online in seconds. Just enable the online payment feature and you get your invoices paid lightning fast. Now, if you're on the move, FreshBooks has a mobile app that can keep up. Just use the camera on your phone to capture your receipts while you watch FreshBooks magically create your expense reports for you. It's a fact. FreshBooks customers double their revenue in the first 24 months. So get your free 30-day trial to all you Radiate listeners. That's the gift to you. Head over to freshbooks.com slash radiate. Enter radiate in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash radiate.
you know what's really interesting though is like um and, and what one a part of this show is about is like you know you went you did the office you've done some of the biggest shows i think then you became the president of nbc which was an extraordinary at your age i mean probably the youngest ceo ever and that didn't work out for you and what we want to get to is like the moments when you you know like when you really hit that depth of uh, when it was really painful for you, where you had like always been successful, you had you know you would have, you had, you had developed, you were there, you were going to make it, you were going to be the youngest, you you weren't arrogant and egotistical, you were just damn talented, and the world came crashing in. How, you know how did that feel? And like for all of us out there, like I you know I went through a period where I was paralyzed, and I went through a period where. Um, you know, I lost, you know, some marriages and some things, these difficult things in life. And I think what people want to know is like, where are those vulnerabilities and people like a Ben Silverman? Not only do they bounce back, they've been there, they come back, they come back stronger. And can you kind of tell us like the, the lowest moments in your emotional and business career? And, and how did you how did you deal with it? Well, I had many of them, <laughs> and especially when you have to look at ratings as you're, uh, you know, which are uh, immediate um judgments uh and publicized and more so back pre-netflix and amazon and, and the new world order but being at nbc was a dream and then a harsh nightmare because the environment around it was really bad but no one focused on that and by the environment around it i'm talking about the recession just hitting us like a a freight train i remember jeff immelt giving a speech to everyone at the company talking about how the president had called him about GE's ability to meet payroll if the financial crisis accelerated at the rate it was accelerating downward um, in, in that moment. He told the story well after it happened. And that was the world I was working in on the financial side. And then on the other side was three successive strikes the writers, directors, and screen actors. And it was a nightmare. We were like the poster child of what was the bad side of it. Like Jay Leno's whole thing playing out then, not that transition, but the whole writer strike um, thing that just kind of was NBC as the target. So it was really rough. And then the press, Nikki Fink, this horrible thinky, this horrible... Um, disgusting, awful liar of a treasonous woman decided to come after me because I was, you know, the happy young it boy of the moment. And so she just would, I couldn't believe it. And I didn't really care, but people around me cared. And so then it makes you have to care about what the people around you feel. Ben, like we all like get to this point where, and, and being in a high press position and being, not only attacked at from from every level, we all like get to that point when you have these people that are make their living out of actually living in the brains of people that like to see people fall. Knowing you a little bit and seeing seeing the way you react, people I know people came to you, but in a way, people love to see people fall. And what impresses me so much is here you are, and like if you think about all the people in everyday life, the viewers out there, the the listeners, we you know we go through this thing and we think we're alone and we're shaking in our bed or we're we're worried or we're scared, you know, and and but you got up and you and you beat it and you and you and you were being attacked and 
when you're home when you were home alone were you like were you like getting really down about it even though you didn't care given what you said before the people around you cared so you actually felt even more pressure i cared about the strikes and i cared about managing the business and i cared about trying to find shows and i cared about that i didn't really care about the press but then the press made like being at the job unbearable because of how everyone else reacted to it and so i just wanted no part of it because they didn't have a career they didn't have hits on the air they didn't have businesses they had built they were such mid-level um executives managing up or down and not making decisions that the culture kind of really got to me you know it really kind of weighed on me and made me um not happy because my work and my personal identity are really linked in so many ways so it was healthy for me to have children so i'm just going to interject really quickly because i think what ben's describing by the way because ben you were and you are the it boy in hollywood still and still and, and but but people so but people hate you for that right i mean and i think right and so nikki fink can't um, look at this the score i'm always like scoreboard <laughs> well because he's good looking he's got a great marriage he's rich and he's got hit after hit i think he's describing something by the way that um it's not that ever that people who are in this position like are ben silverman's of the world but like for instance successful women sometimes find themselves in this situation where if they get more success the more successful they are the more hated they become and I'm just it, when you know when you're describing all of that, Ben. It's just it's hitting a nerve. I mean, not to me personally. Yeah, well, maybe I, to I me think personally. Betty, I actually think Betty brings up a great point because, you know what? Um, it's and I think Ben, this is what like I think is great about you. It's like, you know what? So what? Because you're going to go out and treat every single human being you meet down the street. You're going to give them a little bit of joy. And I think maybe like Betty, what you bring up is you know for all of us that may have that moment of glory and Ben seems to have many of them yeah you know how do you you know do you attack it with a positive nature and you just say look I'm gonna be nicer to the next guy next door or you know what if they if they wanna if they wanna hate my guts if they wanna resent me I'll change their mind one by one by one um, how, do you, how do you deal with what Betty said you do you do both things you certainly can't you know be buried in other people's own bile you know you you gotta keep keep marching it's hard though it, you know you get your feelings hurt because you do care about what people think because you want people to like you you know that's just human nature but for me specifically i'm so constantly trying to connect to the other person i'm with on what it is that they need and i'm always trying to just do that in every place I work or live or room I enter, but I also am a, you know, John Kennedy Democrat. I will press the freaking button if it really goes, if it really goes sideways and you've got to have, you know, some memory around it and that, and the fortitude to also know you got to, you know, some doors just have to remain shut. What's so great about you and so, and all the viewers, and this is like when I meet, you know, great people around the world and entrepreneurs ask me, how do you do it? It's like, it's like if you can impact that creatively or emotionally, that attitude, and you can pick projects 
Um, I know you have some very exciting new projects where you, you actually live inside of that consumer on the other side. So you actually touch that woman that wants to be romanced by that amazing man, or you touch, you touch the humor, which we all need, or you touch the darkness. When you look at projects, when you produce projects, when you pull together projects, when you look at great things, with the content, does it come from your soul, your childhood? Does it come from your collaboration? Where does it come from? And where does this passion and this drive that gets you up every morning, where does this come from? And that's what we all sit every day. How do I do it? Like, how do I do it? Like, how do I become a Ben Silverman? And how do I keep coming back and do I drive it? And so where is it coming from, Ben? Is this, is, and, 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 and where does this content that you find and you create come from? Well, you know, one thing that I really do try and do and it's not in some you know holier than thou way but if you look at my biggest losers my jane the virgins my ugly betties i want heroines and victories and positive aspirational emotional um success for the people on these shows and that gives that same feeling to the people watching these shows and i want them to be global i want that opportunity around the world to to spread and i believe we're losing our um skill set is being co-opted by the enemy and we're not using our platforms and our incredible consciousness and our hollywood machinery and our global reach like we used to to tell our stories which become inspiration for generations and i really do think john wayne helped win the Cold War along with the rest of the great American dream. And I look at what's going on to women around the world, and I love Jane the Virgin, and I love Ugly Betty, and I love um, what Biggest Loser does for people and changing their lives and giving them drive. So that's a very conscious thing. On the other side, in the pure kind of joyful entertainment, I was a history major, traveled the world, studied in Paris, love history, love the world. And so when I did the tutors, which I um, co-created with Michael Hurst and brought that to America and then Marco Polo, which is on Netflix right now, and then next up Casanova, those were really about that brand of kind of interesting, innovative ways to make old line stories accessible to new generations of people and keeping history alive by making it feel more contemporary. So that was very conscious. And then the office was just pure joy. I could wrap it in an intellectual shroud, but at the end of the day, it just made me laugh. It just made me laugh, and it made everybody watching it laugh, too. We're going to have a lot of young people here that are all trying to actually to get, get their first break, and they want to work their way up, and they have passion. And, and some of you said, I think it's interesting to the viewers, it's actually the idea that you're influencing the world by the programming, your position. You're making a huge difference. And I'm a big believer, and I don't know where Betty is, that TV, entertainment, the internet, radio even today, and all these things have such a way of, of shaping our nation and yeah. actually influencing the world. So uh, I'd love a comment on that. Well, I, I mean, as, as I said, I, I think there's no question. I mean, I thought about becoming a, you know, how could I exert some kind of, um, you know, legacy or impact. I, my grandfather, Max, was a great lawyer who helped organize the Pullman Porters U Union and was on the board of the NAACP and a real uh, amazing organizer as well, helped um, a lot of 
emerging countries frame their constitutions and, you know, all, all of this amazing contribution as a public servant, pro bono and a lawyer, and Max Delson. And I, every day he instilled in me that I had to do that. That is what I had to do. That, that was my gift was to do that. And so I thought, how could I do that? And I loved showbiz so much. I'm like, oh, I can marry them both. And I used to think if I reached a classroom a day as a teacher over the course of a year, I would have the ability over the course of a career to influence a couple of thousand kids. With the right you know, TV show, I could potentially influence a couple million people. So that, that is part of what drives my storytelling. So what happens when you get older? Like, do you think about you know, as you're aging and as you get older and you, it's harder and harder to call you an it boy, you're an it man. And, you know, do you worry about like, you know, as your career matures, how do you stay relevant in Hollywood? Well, luckily I'm 44. So it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm being thrown out the door yet, but I do think the next 10 years are pivotal for me to define what I will be the rest of my life. And this is a moment when, you know, you are a man in full. And traditionally and today, the, these 10 years are 10 years that matter a lot. And if you look at who's running all of the major companies in media, they are older guys. They're a generation before me, if not a generation and a half. And that's comforting and also um the succession plan begins. Next week on Radiate, it's Kevin Ryan, one of my favorite entrepreneurs and investors. He's best known for building companies like Guilt Group and Business Insider, which he just sold for over $300 million. Listen to Kevin is like listening to a teacher. If you've ever, ever dreamed about starting your own business, you've got to listen to his advice. So don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for joining us. I'm Betty Lou. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and review us on iTunes. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also on my website, betty-liu.com. I am loving all of your feedback. I read every single one. So see you next week on Radiate. Radiate was brought to you by Zevia. Zevia is the zero calorie, naturally sweetened soda that is clearly different. It's got no sugar, no calories, and it's non-GMO project verified, which makes it a cleaner, healthier soda option. Zevia is fun to drink because it's available in 15 flavors like cream soda, black cherry, cola, ginger ale, and even tonic water. And it's always zero calories, just in time for your New Year's diet. Did I mention they also make excellent mixers as well for that holiday party? So go to zevia.com slash podcast because Zevia is giving away thousands of free six packs. Thousands have been won and who knows, you could come home to a surprise soda on your doorstep. What a way to start the new year. Head to zevia.com slash podcast to get your free sample. That's zevia.com slash podcast.